It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about five and a half million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. Welcome back, friends. Jeff Pelletier and Neil Johnson here, your fellow sojourners, which means traveler, on a journey with you as we investigate and search for the answer to a single question, Israel, why is the Middle East important? We talk about the whole Bible, Israel, and the Jewish people in the context of answering that question, why is Israel and the Middle East important? Here's some science and reason to think about relative to humanity's existence. I was thinking about this. I did a little research on it. Just for you to think about, maybe respond to us on Facebook about this. Do you know that scientists have proven through DNA research that all humans can be traced back to Africa? There are still debates about exactly where, though. The most recent claim is being widely disputed. We know that Adam and Eve lived between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, which is in modern-day Iraq. And in Genesis 5, we get a long genealogy from Adam and his children, which were many from Adam and his children all the way to Noah. It's conceivable that many of these thousands of people, and there were thousands of people, migrated to other places, including Noah, who was the last one mentioned. But the flood is the key. The ark was adrift for 40 days and 40 nights on a great mass of water that covered the earth. The currents and the winds landed them on top of Mount Ararat which is in, of course, the Middle East. But it could have easily began that journey in Central or Southern Africa. We just don't know. Just a little bit of science and Bible together to get you thinking about the Middle East as the cradle of civilization. Yet another reason why the Middle East matters. So last time we began our discussion of Abram. Abraham, as he will eventually be called, is one of the five people we have chosen as essential to God's plan for the world. And these are Adam and Eve, of course, Noah and his family, Abraham, and of course, Sarah and Isaac, Moses and Jesus. If any one of these people fails, God's plan fails. And we are all 
toast. It's interesting to note that three of these are Jews. Neil, you have helped us with an outline about our journey that is guiding our discussion. And ladies and gentlemen, I've posted that outline for you on our Facebook page, Israel, Why is the Middle East Important? It's right there on our Facebook page. That's Israel, Why is the Middle East Important? And you can listen to our podcast and do your own research and then interact with us on Facebook. So, Neil, you have used your understanding of rabbinic Judaism to lay the story of Abraham into parshots or portions. And you have provided three parshots that we will be discussing. And even more, you have also provided us with ten trials that Abraham went through. And we will be discussing all of this as we journey together through the text. So, Neil, take us back through your brief discussion of each parshot. We are in parshot one. Correct. So, what we have, the story of Abraham, uh, broken up into those three parshots, as you said, uh, they're portions of Scripture. And the first one that we talked about that uh, is broken up into chapters uh, 12 through 17 in Genesis, explaining the story of Abraham, the first uh, parshot is referred to as Lech Lecha. And we discussed that last time, which basically means go, go forth. But also, more symbolically or a picture type, is it is saying, go for yourself. And that's where it becomes interesting of these trials we're going to talk about in what Abraham gained and learned and what we then, through studying these parshots, uh, apply to our lives. So the second uh, parshot, uh, after Lech Lecha, which we'll get to, is uh, found in chapters 18 through 22, and that okay. is called Vayira. And that is, and he appeared. So referring to God, God appeared. They take these uh, parshot uh, headings, as I said, from the very first significant uh, reference in each section. Mm-hmm. And then the last portion that sort of rounds out the life of Abraham in these parshots is called Hai Sarah. And that is the life of Sarah. And that also is a picture and a type of something that we are to learn from and gain by studying that section of Scripture referring to Sarah, because as you just referred to, Sarah is inexorably linked together with Abraham. She is in the background, but almost by her quietness, if you will, front and center. She is a picture and a type of something we are to see in Sarah's life and being that we will apply later as more revelation occurs. I can't wait for that uh, partial. That'll be awesome. Uh, so so we have these 10 trials, which are posted on our Facebook page for people to follow along as we go, right? Right. And we're going to put those folks in context for you as we go through the trials. But all of this is important because Abraham is one of those five key people. If Abraham doesn't do what he's supposed to do, we're not here. It doesn't happen, okay? So this is really important to see uh, this, we're kind of giving you the bird's eye view, uh, and we're also going deep at the same time, of Abraham's importance. And Abraham's importance is Israel's importance, and that makes the Middle East important. To see how it, it all comes together. So even though it might sound like we're deep down into the weeds at some time, it's, in, it's vital. I'm going to say it's vital, as, as in life-giving, right, that you get this about Abraham, what his story is about. 
He is so important. Paul talks about him extensively in the New Testament. So, Neil, uh, the first three trials, correct, is kind of what I want to cover in this in this in this session. But let's. So okay. the first the first trial was what? Well, the first trial is exactly what the Porshot is named after mm-hmm. me, which is go. Go forth. But again, what we are looking for and what we're emphasizing to our listeners is the fact it's actually saying in the Hebrew, which is go for yourself, go to yourself, go inward, if you will. And we used the phrase last time, find the you in you. Mm -hmm. So while we are reading uh, these trials, these episodes, these events in the life of Abraham that shaped him and shaped our faith, what we are actually doing is and Abraham was doing at the same time is finding the you in you. What is actually going on here for our application? Absolutely. So so it says go. So what does the actual trial say? Trial one? Well, the trial one is going forth. He must going leave. Forth. He okay. must leave yep. where he is at, what he knows, what he is comfortable with, his family, his friends. Now, anybody who's ever done that... Uh, has an idea of what this is like, what what that entails. Yep. And I have I've done that in my life. Yes. I, I remember I got a job offer that required me to move. I was living at home with my parents. I was twenty two years old and I got this great job offer and I packed up the car and said, Mom and Dad, I'm I'm gonna accept and I'm gonna go and it was a big deal. Right. But I had to go. Right. And it was for me too. Right. right? I had to go. It was for myself as well. I learned a ton about my life and so forth. And so that's a that's an interesting life lesson from Abraham as well Correct. as a theological one. The thing that grabs me is, and we haven't talked about this too much, but I want you did say it. I think in the first one, uh, the last episode, Abraham was obedient. Correct. God said, "Go." Right. And he just did it. And he just did it. Much like our previous uh, uh, discussion on Noah, that he responded mm-hmm. to the call. He nani, here I am. I am here. I'm ready to go. Yes, sir. Reporting for duty. Mm-hmm. Hebrew, hineni. So Abraham left. And as you say, Jeff, it probably was a bit of mixed emotion. You know how it can be that, wow, I got a job. I'm starting out in life. Oh, no, I got a job. I'm starting out in life. Yeah, so we can only imagine. But, but uh, you know, Paul says that Abraham trusted God. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Which means faith. Correct. He lived his faith. He said yes. And it was credited to him, Abraham, as righteousness. Correct. Obedience is equated with righteousness. Obedience to God. It absolutely is, is. Is equated to righteousness. Noah obeyed. He just did what he was told. He didn't even blink. He just did it. Okay, I'll do it. Noah walked with God. Abraham walked before God, which we haven't really talked about yet, which is really a powerful thing. But we're going to get into that. Abraham walked before God. Okay, so now let's look at trial two. Correct. So immediately after his arrival in the promised land. Correct. Abraham encounters a famine. So he's in the promised land. Right. The promised land. The, right. The land that God's going to give them forever. 
an everlasting covenant forever. Correct. We're going to see that. And there's a famine. And there's a famine. So as we have discussed. And, and Abraham is like, what? You couldn't provide lunch? <laughs> you couldn't give me lunch? Yeah. What's the deal here? Yeah. So uh, here God uh, speaks to him. And yeah. again, we don't have any sort of relation on that at all as far as was uh, was yeah. the uh, bumbling, yeah. Yeah. blathering, who's yeah. talking to me? Yeah. But what he did is he obeyed that voice. He goes to the land. He has a promise. And he gets there, and seemingly in the very fast-paced uh, revelation of these verses, yeah. he immediately—we don't know this, right, but it seems as though yeah, it seems as though he gets yeah, there, yeah. Cr- makes an altar to this yeah. great God that he is revealing to yeah. those around him, mm-hmm. and he's going to bring into the world mm-hmm. this this picture type of Messiah. Mm-hmm. And what happens? He gets pushed back, and that is interesting that is instructive for our lives that he gets this amazing call right from god right away right away yeah i'm going to do these things i'm going to be obedient and what happens as you say he gets to a land that what this this is the best you can do wait wait so hang on a second so if god tells me to do something isn't it supposed to go great the whole time isn't it supposed to be like a blessing and everything is just supposed to be beautiful and wonderful and all my needs will be met because God has told me to go. Right. Yeah, exactly. But that's not what happened to Abraham. And that's not what's happened to uh, most of the prophets. Yeah. And uh, another yeah. very interesting picture type, a son yeah. of uh, Jacob, Joseph, mm. who is uh, very instructive as a picture and type of Messiah. Uh, he also was blessed, and he got blessed by 17 years in prison. So, yes, yeah, uh. so we have a different view sometimes as far as what the call may entail. Uh. It sort of goes back, as I'm thinking, Jeff, to your whole revel, your, your whole experience with, yay, I got a job, I'm leaving home and family, I'm finally on my own. Yeah. Oh, no, I've got a job, I'm leaving family, I'm on I, my own. I, I, <laughs> I slept on the floor yeah. in my new apartment because I had no furniture. Right, exactly. You know? Right. Yeah, it was it was difficult. I thought God told me to take this yeah, job. He, Must not uh, have told me, but uh, <laughs> even more so. So, yes, we're compounded here yeah. that... He has this promise. We're just introduced to this mm-hmm. this character, mm-hmm. this 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 player on this scene, mm-hmm. named Avram, mm-hmm. and he goes to the land. He's obedient. He yeah. builds his two altars at Shechem and Bethel, and he acknowledges God, and he sees the land, and he's in it. And now he has to what? Face a famine. A famine. Mm. So what happens to Abraham? Well, this is what uh, 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 is interesting at this point. What we read is that Avram at this point Avram, is his name. Yeah. We can refer to him Abraham, Avram, yeah. Avraham, different ways, but, but he isn't renamed at this point. Right, as, right. But he's got the promise. Mm-hmm. He decides, which is very telling, that he will descend mm. to Egypt. Mm. So God did not tell him, at least as we're reading the, the, the uh, scripture, Abraham decides that I will go down out of the land of promise to the world, if you will. Egypt was always synonymous yeah. with the world. Yeah. I will descend. It's also south. It's south. So down. So down. Right. I mean, down yeah. is south too, right? Yeah, sure. I go down to yeah. Louisiana. Correct. Right from here. Correct. Right. 
So in, in, in it's also that. So, yes, it is. So yeah. in Jewish thought, any time you go up to Israel, especially mm-hmm. whenever yeah. you're talking about going to Jerusalem, up. specifically to the temple, yeah. you are always, you're making aliyah. You're going aliyah. up. You're yeah. ascending. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're coming from the Himalayas. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you were just on the very pinnacle of uh, 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 Mount Everest. If you make the journey to the Temple Mount, to Israel, but to the Temple Mount, it is referred to as you are going up. And any time you leave the land of Israel, yeah. you are yoraid, you are going down, you are descending. Mm-hmm. And as you look at all of Scripture, but this portion here, it's very clear that in fact, and it's commented on, that Abraham decided himself that I will go down mm-hmm. out of the land of promise mm-hmm. On my own, I will do that. And that is all part of this uh, uh, kind of combination trial of the second and third trial of trial two leads directly and is a direct result, trial three, of his decision in trial two. In other words, I'm facing a famine. Oh no, what's going on here? I know what I'll do. I will descend. And as a result of that, we now face the cause and effect of trial two's decision, trial three. So before before we go there, though, I, I think you made a great yeah. point about you go up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is on a mount. It is. It's on a, it's it's elevate. It's an elevated piece of land. It is. Okay. So that's it, there's the geological up, right? But as you said, if you're in the Himalayas, which is way higher, you're still going up. Jerusalem, because as you go down from the Himalayas, you go down, 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 and then when you get to Jerusalem, you go back up. Right. Okay. But mm-hmm. there's also the theological perspective, and that's the and one that's it true of to. that's true of Abraham in Egypt, and I think that's the thing that I would like to connect for the listener that you're saying. Right. Right. So if I believe that going up to Jerusalem is a is a holy thing, and a ascension into God presence. Then, as I see Egypt as a going down thing, I'm descending. That's exactly correct. And from God's presence. And that is the exact mindset. And you're going down, as you say, into the fallen world. Into, or into, the, the, into the world. Yeah, into the world. And you have to navigate now. And as we see, Abraham is exactly the next thing he's doing is he's navigating. He's got to figure it out. He's got to make his way. It's, he's getting resistance. He's getting all these different things happening to him. The most, the biggest one is with his wife. Exactly correct, Jeff. And you, uh, that's, that's exactly what we're trying to convey is that not all temptations, trials, events that occur in your life are cause and effect. Some things happen. Some are a direct result of a previous action uh, you or I committed, and it has ramifications that now we have to deal with these. Seemingly, trial three, which we are about to talk about, is a direct causal connection Mm. to his decision in trial two to get a promise, be in the land, acknowledge God. God is in my life. God told me to come here. Wait a minute. This doesn't seem like anything I want to experience. Mm -mm. I know what I'll do. I'll fix it. Now, we don't know all these things precisely because the Bible's yeah. not exactly, you know, a, a running uh, a video of all events a day in the life. But Correct. we can certainly surmise yeah. because we, there's no lack that God told him he should leave this land of promise where later his progeny, both Isaac and Jacob, 
Isaac also faced difficulty. And God told him, do not leave the land. Stay here. Jacob, conversely, faced difficulties, same difficulties. And God told him, yes, go see Joseph, your son, and I will make you a great land. He repeats the promise, a great people in that land. So there we see God definitively instructing, go, don't go. Abraham seemingly makes this decision on his own. Now, if he missed him, if we are sort of reading this right, that this was Abraham and he missed him, yet we see that even though he made a mistake, and seemingly it'll be proven out that that was a mistake, God redeems Abraham as well as us through Abraham's Mm -hmm. actions, Mm -hmm. he's called righteous. So in other words, one failure does not a failure make. And it's that's okay uh, to make a mistake along the way if you're pointed at following God. The goal. Yeah. So that's what uh, that's where I land on that is that mm-hmm. uh, because uh, other people are also called righteous in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we're going to get to in these trials, Lot or Lot, as we mm-hmm. call him, yes. uh, uh, a- a- uh, Abram's nephew, Lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Everything we read about him that's recorded. He is a no-goodnik. He's a schmuck. He is a no-goodnik. <laughs> There's no way to make it right. Sometimes the rabbis try to make them right, and they come up with all kinds of... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Midrash and parables, yeah. but. Wayward. He would be wayward. Uh, uh, he was, I'll say it. Uh, seemingly conniving, yeah. seemingly opportunistic, mm-hmm. seemingly very extremely self-centered. So the Eddie Haskell of the uh, Abraham family. As they say today, on steroids. <laughs> that was Lot. And nobody knows who Eddie Haskell is. Yeah. Google it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, if there are vintage, they do. But uh, and, and we'll see again, uh, Lot will figure prominently in future trials of Abraham. We yeah. have to remember that even though Abraham knew mm. Lot's character. Mm. He loved him dearly, and we're going to see what Abraham does for Lot down the road a couple of times in what are called these trials. So Abraham uh, takes Lot with him. Lot does not deserve it. In fact, he op- whatever the opposite of deserve it, he deserves to be rejected because of who he is and how he is. But he's family to Abraham, and Abraham takes him with him. Yeah. And that's a great thing that Abraham... Uh, had the presence of mine, said, no, I'm taking my nephew with me. And he watched him, I'm sure, his whole life. Mm -hmm. Abraham was very astute, very capable, Mm -hmm. very talented. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know what happens to him later. He becomes very influential. Mm -hmm. He loved, and we'll see it again, as I said, Lot, unconditionally. Unconditionally. And he risks his life 
before low yeah. fallen degenerate yeah. a picture again a type yeah. but jeff it's very important to say not until the new testament do we read of lot being righteous mm. so something that's not recorded mm-hmm. which is true for our other protagonists in this story that mm-hmm. that will come up ishmael mm-hmm. and esau Mm-hmm. With Jacob down the line, mm-hmm. everything we read, and we'll read about him, he is a new good Nick, as I said. Yeah. Later, he's referred to as righteous. Somewhere mm. along the line, he has a change, a conversion, a of, conversion some of, some yeah, of some sort. That's great. Uh, and I'm personally going to attribute that to Abraham and the way he loved him. I, I, that's just going to be my take on it. But here, here's the, here's the question. So we're in yep. Egypt here. We go to Egypt. So now we've, we've we're descended. escaping the famine. We're getting away. And Abraham, it's the, so trial number three. Right. And this is going to be the remainder of our time. We're going to talk about trial three. The Egyptians seize Sarah right. and bring her to Pharaoh for him to take him, to take her for himself. And exactly. I think we understand the implication here, right? Well, it's a very direct implication. Yeah. 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 So uh, tell us this story. Right. So we can read that uh, uh, that that verse that um, uh, says that uh, Abram decides to go down. He's descending because of the famine. And he says to his beautiful wife, Sarai, a picture again, gorgeously, perfectly beautiful wife, of Avram, and he says, look, I know that you are a beautiful woman, okay? In other words, hey man, I ain't blind, right? I've looked at my own wife before, not bad. But I know one thing, that when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but you they will let live. So please say you are my sister, that I will be treated well for your sake, very interesting to me, and on account of you... On account of you, my life will be spared. In other words, what do we have here? Mighty Avram, not afraid. He did exactly what God told him, leave. Well, certainly this is a picture of somebody being fearful. They'll kill me. You save me. Save me, Sarah. Sarah, use your beauty to save me. Well, we've seen that before with Esther uh, in Babylon. Who knows, but you've come to such a time as this. Beautiful Esther, again, a picture and a type mm-hmm. of salvation, mm-hmm. saved the mm-hmm. Jewish people. Yeah. Abraham is asking Sarah, they'll kill me, save me with your beauty. And in fact, she does. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So the story goes on from there, however, and that is so, that and, Pharaoh and, decides to take her. Okay, great. Let, let's interrupt here for yeah. a second. So mm-hmm. Abraham doesn't know what he doesn't know at this point, but he knows somehow that he's important and that he needs to survive. And folks, we said, if Abraham doesn't do what he's supposed to do, we're toast. Correct. And so here they are in a situation where they need to do something because they're in a, they're in the world, they're in danger. Egyptians are not who he is, right? They're foreign to him, he's foreign to them. But a beautiful woman is kind of an equalizer in that regard, right? So he asks his wife, I'm, I'm going to tell them you're my sister. Right. Yeah. With, okay, as far as that goes. And to your point, you we... What, what we have to remember is God promised him descendants. As far as we read and as far as we know, and the scripture seems to make clear, he has none at this point. At this point. And if he's dead, oh, God would be a liar. We're done, right? Right? God would be tricky. Yeah. We have no Isaac. Right. Yeah. So it, for our listeners, it's important to realize God is not tricky. Mm-hmm. He's not schizophrenic. Mm-mm. He makes promises. He makes covenants even. So Sometimes he'll even, with his promise, make a covenant. 
And sometimes he'll take that covenant and swear an oath to the covenant. So he'll go as deep as you want to go if God has a plan. He has a plan for Israel and the Jewish people. He's never abrogated that covenant. He says what he means. God is not tricky. Mm -hmm. So he didn't give up on the Jews Mm -hmm. and go to the Christians. He didn't say, oh, it's going to be the Christian church. I'm changing my mind because I'm schizophrenic. All of the covenants remain. But in the unfolding, the good news of the covenants is that there was always a hint in the old covenants, as we call them, further elaborated in the new the clause that any Gentile that wishes to come into the commonwealth of Israel has a means and a way in. And that is the good news. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with all these Old Testament stories and promises and affirmations of love to Israel and God's steadfastness are now done. Yeah. So that's important to yeah. keep in mind. Oh, so we go back important. to Abraham so here. And we're gonna, no heirs. We're, so we're stating a case here, and you're stating the case. We're going to prove that as we go through this. When we get into Moses and, the, and, the, and Abraham and the promises that God makes, it's, it, it's indisputable what he says. But we, we, we already we read that. We read ahead. <laughs> well, and that's the, that's, the, that's the little bit of difficulty you and I have is, is knowing that everything is so interrelated yeah. and interconnected that yeah. until you realize to parse them out and study them separately, mm-hmm. and once you do that, now I can interwind and intertwine yeah. them and get a yeah. bigger picture because there's nothing new in the new that hasn't been stated in the old. old, And so it is completely interrelated and inseparable one from the other. Amen. Amen. So what happens in the story when Pharaoh takes Sarah? What what happens? Okay. Well, as, as, as you pointed out, we probably have a pretty good idea what Pharaoh's thinking or his plans with this beautiful Sarah, right? So he takes her and he does something else that's interesting with this righteous Avram. Mm. He takes his wife and he pays for her. He gives this seemingly well-off person who's doing okay, Avram, who comes down to Egypt. He has means. He has he means. He has people with him. He has people he has with him. He has equipment. They're traveling as a, you know, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. All, the, all of the above. Yeah. But what do we see? Oh, Pharaoh sees Sarai mm. and he makes... Avram rich. There you go. He gives him many, much goods. As what? Payment, Payment. for Sarai. Wow. Now, here's a weird thing. It's it's a mixed bag because what we have is we do have a picture type of, of, of a further illusion that Jesus gives much, much later. We'll jump ahead and we'll come back. That's mm-hmm. what you do when you study mm-hmm. uh, uh, prophecy is you have to go forward to come back, and you have to come back to go forward. It's uh-huh. all interrelated. God yep. is not bound by time or space as we are. Yep. However, Jesus himself made an illusion, and he said, you will buy a pearl of great price. Mm. And Sarai was an extremely valuable pearl. Mm. Abraham knew it before he went. He knew it immediately Right? doesn't take a great genius to, to look at what he's got. And he knew what the Egyptians, who were known for their licentiousness, their, by God's standard, lack of morality. Now, they had their own in the world. Mm. And Pharaoh, by buying Sarah, did nothing wrong. He did what was accepted customarily mm. 
among the Egyptians. I will pay. I will do the right thing. I will pay for her. That raises issues. So Pharaoh now has done the right thing in his mind. He's acquired a pearl of great price, and he's paid handsomely for it. And Avram is extremely, at this point, rich. Mm. He's not well off. He's Mm. not doing okay. He can't retire. He can retire in pure luxury. Wow. Right? He is rich. Mm. So a couple of things are going on here at the same time. How could Avram, who later we see as he develops, perfectly willing to engage God in dialogue, says nothing about the payment he receives? Nothing. Nothing. He's no, nothing afraid. Nothing is recorded. Nothing about. is recorded. Yeah, yeah. He And he accepts yeah, he does. payment. Yeah. He doesn't tell Pharaoh, no, no, uh, you know, God bless you. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 blessings on your wedding. Yeah. He takes the riches. Mm. Now, just to jump ahead quickly, if we read what he took, it says that Pharaoh gave him all kinds of animals and men servants and maid servants. That's key because we're going to see at some point, jumping ahead again, jump ahead to come back. The maid servants will include Hagar, maid servant of Sarah. She is one of those maid servants given to the family. So let's talk about how he gets Sarah back. Right. How does he get Sarah back? Okay, so uh, leaving all his stuff. Leaving this sort of pondering about how did all that happen? That yeah. is weird stuff. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the Bible again, yeah. frustratingly quiet, doesn't yeah. tell us, just did. Yeah. To get Sarah back now, uh, God Himself inflicts as a portend of future punishment on Egypt, Egypt yeah. for Israel's sake, which yeah. we're going to see in our time too yeah. shortly. Yeah. He inflicts a punishment, a plague, a if you plague. will, oh. on Pharaoh a pandemic and even. his household. Well, first of all, <laughs> yeah. Pharaoh's household was not he and his four. Uh, okay, uh, Pharaoh's household, all you have to do is look at the Middle East yeah. today and say, who are the kings or, or who are the uh, royal family of, yeah. say, Saudi Arabia and so on? And yeah. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. God inflicts a plague on Pharaoh and his family. Now, from this, we then read that Pharaoh immediately understands cause and effect. Mm. He gets cause, effect. And the very next thing we see is a plague Uh and Pharaoh understanding whence it came. And how does he know? And how does he know? Yeah. How does he? Does he? Know? Does he? But he he connects it. it may he be, connects it. He connects that. Abraham, I have done a I've done a wrong thing here. Or does he re, does he recognize that uh, Sarah is Abraham's wife? Well, see what we re, what we find when we read these verses. Yeah. is that Pharaoh did nothing wrong culturally. Right. No, he did what. And this is yeah. what we have to realize yeah. for ourselves too. Is yeah. wait a minute. I can do a great many things that seem lawful, customary. But what does God think about this? Yeah, what does God think? What, what's God's position what's on this? What's God's position? And that's what this is showing us here. Now, yeah. we have no insight uh, scripturally about how Pharaoh connected it. But throughout the Bible, we see that things occurred and people immediately connected it to. They were very uh, keenly aware of cause yeah. and effect. We are less so. So Pharaoh's not, he's not an idiot. He's the, he's the king of the, of the land. Right. He's smart. He's got people around him. And he might just look at his life and say, okay, what have I done differently recently? Right. (laughs) Well, I made a pact with Abraham. Right. And I took his sister. Right. I'm in deep whatever. Right. With my God. 
Correct. He might have just gone right there well, and said, I need to get this out of here. Well, and, and this is where we come to, Jeff, is the fact that he was definitively able to pinpoint it to cause and yeah, effect yeah. that he had he a it. repercussion yeah. by taking her. And he goes to Abraham and he asks him three questions. Mm-hmm. He asks him, you know, what did you do? Why did you do it? Why did you say she was your sister? He mm. confronts him. Yeah. Now, this is the most powerful man in all the world. Yeah. And yeah. Avram is called before him. Yeah. And he says, you lied to me. Yeah. Now, he's more powerful than the president of the United States mm-hmm. and the fact that these rulers had life and death in their hands. Mm-hmm. You could say that he could take that liar, that fraudster, and could have had him executed. We don't know the, the laws necessarily right. of Egypt. But, but it was in his discretion to do so. It certainly seems so. Yeah. And he didn't. But why? Well, again, the cause and effect that he could see that the power behind this fellow Avram is so powerful that he would cause this plague on me and my household, all of us, for taking her. I don't want to offend whatever cognition he have, this deity, this power, this force. And so, in effect, Pharaoh does not want to incur more wrath. But what happens, Jeff, is lech lecha means Go, go forth, go find yourself. So God gives him a blessing. Go forth, Abraham. I'm going to be with you. Pharaoh, on the other hand, tells him, go, get out. I'm done with you. I'm going to have you escorted out of here. So the world... With all the stuff he gave him, which is really cool. Right. He didn't take it back. No, no, he didn't take it back. By his cultural standards, Pharaoh, actually, you could say, comes out by his cultural standards more upright in some sense... Then Avram, who took the money, didn't raise a stink. It's interesting. Yeah. So uh, he escorts him out. He out. And that's he and that's the sends uh, him back. That, that's test number three. So I, I just want to make a correlation, if I could, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. So Pharaoh experiences a plague, a single plague, and he ties it to Abram, and he sends him out, and he gives him stuff, and he gets rid of him. Right. Right. So I'm thinking about Moses. And the deliverance from Egypt. It was seven things that God did. But the end result was the same. Right. He, he sent them out. He, Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, get out of here. Right. And they got gold and stuff to go with. Right. So uh, It's very similar. It, it, it is not only similar, it is a repeating pattern that we are attempting to show people. Once mm. you get these patterns and yeah. types, if yeah. you put them in the sort of right uh, uh, frame of reference, mm. you can begin to... Um, expand your understanding. So yeah, later we're going to talk about Moshe who came. He confronted Pharaoh in his court and he brings his plagues. Some people say 10 plagues. Whatever it is. Some rabbinic writing says 110 plagues. But it does the does the job. But it does the job. And they get out of there. And the same way. The same way. Get out. out. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting, folks, to, to see. The other thing I'm learning about this is I pay attention to the Scripture. And we're in Genesis, guys. We're in Genesis, right? Okay. As I see us in Genesis, Neil, going through this, I'm looking at this, and I'm, I'm seeing an active, living God. Absolutely. Not a, not a God that's, that's uh, silent or, or, or difficult. He's working through individual people, but he's an active, 
living God. And folks, as we continue through this through into the next Parshot, Parshot 2, uh, and look at some more trials of Abraham, I think you're going to be impressed with how this all unfolds. And we talk about this, is that the first testament, I will not call it the Old Testament, the first testament unfolds the plan of God. It's right there in Genesis 1. It's unf- God's plan is unfolding for us. And if you don't start in Genesis 1, you miss the whole, I, I mean, you're missing more than half, more than half of the plan. So it, this is why it's all connected, it's all good, and it's all necessary. So we're going to pick this up the next time we, we, uh, we meet. We're going to pick up uh, with the next trial, but we're going to go into Parshot 2. Uh, so excellent uh, test for Abraham. He had a big, a big test. In the end, it, it worked out well. So, folks, you know you're listening to us on Spreaker.com. That's Spreaker.com. You can also listen to us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, and everywhere that great podcasts are played. Our Facebook page is Israel. Why is the Middle East important? That's Israel. Why is the Middle East important? Uh, check out the uh, and, and, and look at Neil's outline for the discussion we're having. And you can, you can even uh, print that off and follow along. Uh, so you understand what it is, the journey that we're on, and you can you can follow along, and we'd love to hear your comments as you uh, as you read through. So uh, we really have enjoyed this this session with you, and we look forward to the next time as we continue to learn about Abraham and help you see that the New Testament help you see the New Testament through the First Testament. Let's say that again. We're helping you see the New Testament through the First Testament, so you can view your Christian faith as an outgrowth of your Jewish roots. So until next time, our hope and prayer for you is Shalom. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.